0: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Creek Adventures podcast. I am Trevor Rogers, joined as always by my good friends Dalton Wortham and Chris Queen. Very excited about this week's guest, uh, Mr. Ryan Jarvis, the head of sales for Monic Fly Lines. So we're going to be uh, talking um, everything about the technology of the fly lines that I think many of us take for granted uh, every day out on a stream. So we're going to get into some some science, more sciency stuff, and really, really hammer the fishing. Uh, So great episode lined up for you this week. As always, Creek Adventures podcast is presented by our friends at Lone Bison Fly Tables. That's lonebisonflytables.com, premium quality functional art. Make sure to go ahead and give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, congratulations again to our winners last week uh, of the Lone Bison flight, ta- uh, the Lone Bison flight table package, um, as well as the, the hats and, and the shirts. Um, thanks again to Chris Jackson for setting us up, and we always love Lone uh, Lone Bison. The Creek Adventures podcast is a proud supporter of the Oklahoma River Warriors. Make sure you give them a follow on Facebook and continue to support their mission because it's all about keeping your waters clean and passing it down to the next generation. So, Last week, we had an awesome episode with our, our good friends from JD Adams, um, and you'll notice that there was some technical difficulties in listening to that podcast. Um, worked every, way, the, every which way possible to get that cleaned up and presentable to you guys, um, but bear with us on it. Uh, it's, a, it's an exciting episode. It is a very, very good episode. Lots of great content. Very excited about the JD and Adams Com, uh, and company, uh, uh popping up in a, in the Oklahoma city market. They Dude, have- to,
1: to, uh, to say, to say you th- there were difficulties, we, we, so they are still building that thing. And, uh, when we were there, um, uh, so we went on site into a concrete, uh, floored building with nothing, uh, and then with borrowed equipment, Um uh, Trevor to to get it to a uh, releasable point uh, has been a flat out magician, um, but uh, but we didn't want it's such I mean it was it was fun conversation. Um, uh, sorry to anybody that was listening to their uh, listening with their uh, children uh, when we got to the uh, <laughs> striper poles and banana hammocks, but uh, uh, I mean it couldn't it couldn't this is not what you be get to shared look forward to Jarvis by the way. <laughs> So. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to be on. <laughs> I, man, it, it, uh, uh, so, uh, thank you all for your patience. Um, you know, we're, we're saying all this anticipating that we're going to release it before we release this episode. So if it's all backwards, you can call us out on social media. Uh, but, uh, uh Pure magic to get it to where it is, and uh, um, we are not responsible for any car speakers in case, like, you know, we get a peak here and there. Um, R-I-P and, then, and then in the middle of that, I
2: uh, what's that? I said
1: RIP headphone users. Oh gosh, man, we need to put a like a headphone warning, like, do not use in ear headbuds or earbuds. Uh, but the uh, uh, in the middle of all that, we've got like a monsoon rainstorm that comes down. And we were we were set up near the windows of the shop because they didn't have physical lights installed yet, um, and uh, yeah, so uh, quite a quite a fun experience. Anyway, sorry I hijacked that, but I wanted people I wanted people to understand the full your full efforts in making it um, listenable and man, it was a, it was a good time.
0: Well, thank you, uh, because I was really concerned we weren't going to be able to release that episode. So, still working through some of it. Apologies that it's not as clean, uh, both content-wise and uh, actual <laughs> technically-wise. Uh, uh, um, anyway, that was last week. This week, I'm so excited to talk about fly lines, um, and this is something that you know, as somebody who's you know only been doing this for you know a few years now, uh, compared to some seasoned veterans the importance of fly lines and and how much they they really you know they really matter um and so i have been fishing with a with a monic fly line um for uh, a few months now um okay. and chris it, you're the one that got me hooked up and so um again we're talking with Ryan Jarvis the head of sales for monic fly lines um uh, Jarvis, thanks so much. For, uh, by the way, he goes by Jarvis. Uh, everybody, um, one name. He's a one name. Dude. One name. He's one. Man, one name. name. Um, uh, thanks again, man, for for being here.
3: Oh, big time. I I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I really appreciate all the support you guys have been offering to Monic, and especially Creek Adventures, man. I mean, you guys have been you know crushing it and supporting Monic, and you know all the great feedback is always super helpful, and I love talking to guys. That, you know, appreciate the product and appreciate the, you know, American made fly line. And I love to hear that it's doing well and fishing. Great. You know, that makes me happy and makes me know that all the hard work that we're putting in is uh, actually making a difference out there on the water. So I really appreciate it.
0: Well, you've got big fans over here for sure. And, and again, like for, for somebody like me switching over to, you know, a, a higher end fly line, like what you guys offer, um, which is by the way, still incredibly reasonably priced um like it it, it it, like their their products are awesome um R- Jarvis tell me talk to me a little bit about um you see, you know being an American made fly line I, I always kind of just assume all of this stuff is 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 Chinese import or something um you know I, that's that's huge
3: yeah you know it's it's something that we really pride ourselves on and it's something that you know, I think a lot more people are really starting to key in and want to support local businesses and want to support companies that are truly American made and not just something that was, you know, manufactured overseas and assembled here in America, or, you know, there's a lot of products out there that, you know, try to give as much appeal to being American made as possible, even when they might not potentially be actually manufactured in the States here. So that's something that I think makes us extremely unique and something that you know we're super happy to be able to provide you know american made made right there boulder colorado everything's made there right there in shop in house so it's something that you know we're happy to provide and i think the more and more people that start to know about monica know about this story behind it you know being just a small shop and small company i think it's something that uh you know a lot of people can relate to and support in that way so but yeah we do try to provide you know pretty much a fly line for everybody at any price point, you know, even though we're American made and some of the materials are more expensive for us to source as well as to actually produce in the States. We want to make sure that we can provide a great, you know, fly line that anybody could use fresh or salt water, not break the bank, you know, might just be getting into the sport. And the big thing there is like, we don't want it to fall apart right away because then how much are you really going to be able to enjoy that, you know, activity, be out there enjoying fly fishing if, your fly line's not even performing and like you said like it's such a crucial part of that ingredient of fly fishing it's like you can't you can't present a dry fly without a fly line itself you know you could have the best fly rod in the world you know most expensive whatever you want to call it but if you don't have a fly line that can accurately you know present that fly then you know, unless you're Euro and I guess you could run mono rate.
0: Yeah. And we don't have any of those idiots here. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's yeah, just, really good at, uh, uh I don't judge, you know,
3: if it <laughs> makes you happy and that's what you like to do when you catch fish, then power to you. It looks effective.
0: <laughs> it, it, it helped me a lot, uh, for, for like a beginner. Um, and I know like you can get into the technicalities of it. Um, it, it really helped me understand, uh, trout fishing um, yeah it it was it was super helpful
1: so so not to dog you out because i mean obviously urine emptying is is uh extremely it's proven to be extremely effective i mean like you know uh u.s fly fishing team use you know predominantly you know it's, it's just it's it is effective,
3: effective. Um, right, maybe, yeah
1: yeah but uh, uh but yeah i mean you know casting tippet uh is 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 different than casting a fly line and 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 Trevor um has uh, has actually you know come a long ways in his actual uh fly rod fly line casting uh and and so now he's he's set up actually top notch with the uh, um the uh, saltwater the bonefish taper Nice. Uh, on his on his eight weight aurelius and so uh he is set up for success uh did a little bit of salt fishing uh in south carolina or north carolina or one of the carolinas here recently uh so we'll get to talk about that a little later but uh but what's what's cool is is uh i mean just like you said there, there's a price point for everyone so somebody can start as simple as and i don't want to say as low as but as simple as the monarch 101 it's 55 mm-hmm. fly line um still quality, I mean, yeah. it for, for um, not application specific, normal weight forward taper fly line, it's just kind of just a, a basic deal, uh, but still shoots great as a good line. Uh, but you have several, um, and there's some steps in between here, but you have several uh, really nice fly lines uh, in the call it $120 range um like the saltwater bone fish um like a lot of the phantom clear tip stuff so we'll get into those too because i mean you've got some just premier lines in the Monic lineup and uh i'm you know i yes i sell them but i'm a huge fan i also fish them yeah. um and uh, uh the only thing i'm waiting on is some uh, and i've told andrew this as well it, or, or some sink tips Yeah. He's, he's working on them.
3: He's working on them. We, we're hard at work on the sinking stuff. You know, it's, we realize that that's like one of, the huge, one of the biggest parts of our arsenal or our product line that we're, we're lacking in. I mean, all we have is a, an intermediate, which is, a, you know, a full clear, but very slow sink at about an inch per second. And trust me, there's nothing more than I would love than a six inch per second, big, big meat streamer throw in line. <laughs> so we're, we're working on it and I hope that we'll have it soon you know that's kind of one of the parts about being such a small company it's like we try to get in research and development at any chance that we can but it always ends up you know making sure we got products on the shelf and you know it's something that we're excited about though I just talked to Andrew today before I left work He was like don't tell chris i'm getting i'm working on those things
1: <laughs> for him so <laughs> yeah and poor poor guy uh, uh got stuck with me on the phone the other day but uh but and we'll get into that when we talk about uh, um, the pvc free portion of this yeah. um but it's it's just not as easy to mix a little tungsten in with your your vinyl mixture um uh, with the pvc free design and so we'll, we'll get into that here and just a little bit but uh, start us off right um uh kind of with the monic story where did monic come from uh what's the backdrop there
3: yeah of course so it originally got started back in 1998 with the owner who still comes into the shop today like i was just telling you guys before we started rolling here you know he's he just turned 90 in january bob goodale and he was actually out on a fishing trip in belize and he's fishing for permit and bonefish fish and The guides there had him set up on a, like a 12, 14 foot leader, super windy conditions as it always tends to be in salt water. (laughs) Um, but basically he thought to himself, so he's a chemical engineer by trade. So he's always coming up with ideas and, uh, he was out there really struggling to turn over this 14 foot leader, trying to make an accurate presentation. So he said, you know, why don't we just make a clear fly line in that way and shorten up that leader make that accurate presentation, but not be spooking off all the fish that you're trying to target. So he got right into business, um, you know, started cooking up whatever he could to make that first clear fly line. And he was successful at it. And that was kind of where Monic got its start right there with the first ever full clear floating line. Had um, that and uh, basically just from there, continued to grow, tried to, you know, make lines for pretty much every application trout um, as well as all the saltwater stuff and I think with him being a chemical engineer it was just natural for him to look at how fly lines were being made being made with vinyl and saying you know how can I do this differently and I think that's really where the idea kind of started with him is like okay I can make these with these you know PVC free plastics and using naturally buoyant plastics I won't have to add these, you know, plasticizers and additives to make the line perform. We'll use materials that'll naturally perform. Um, But it was a long road, you know, there was plenty of lines in the past that um, you know, got some negative feedback. They didn't work out too great. And, you know, it was a small company. So he was just trying to get the lines out as fast as he as he could, you know, and try to get them into people's hands. Um, But since then, you know, over those 20 years, really like in the past six years, I'd say, We've really dialed in our production, manufacturing, and especially our field testing now. You know, We really try to you know, put every line that we produce through the ringer and make sure it's durable and make sure it's something that's gonna hold up for the everyday fisherman as well as you know, the avid angler. Um, so that's kind of where Monica got its start. And you know, we've always tried to constantly improve upon all of our designs, use different materials, use new materials and i think just recently it's you know with all the environmental change and climate change impacts it's you know it's turned a lot of people to think okay like what can i do you know differently or what can i what kind of products can i purchase that might have less of an impact you know so it's cool to see more people are appealed by that pvc free aspect because it is you know more environmentally friendly with the plasticizers and chemicals in those pvc lines you know, those leach out to the water system and get into our environment, which, you know, we try to not have any contaminants when we're out on the water and, you know, pick up any trash that we see. So I think kind of along those lines, it's, it's cool to know that we're producing a fly line that is, you know, a little bit better for the environment, something that's unique, and most important in all, I think having that clear fly line just really sets us apart and nobody else has had 20 years of trial and error on perfecting a perfect clear fly line. So we've, we've got our, our leg up in that sense.
1: So, so you guys have um, three now, if I'm not, not mistaken, three completely clear, front to back, all the way through fly lines. Uh, the, the Henley Clear, the Henley Intermediate, uh, which for those of you that listened to the last episode, Mr. Steven Ruiz, um, he, he bought for me last year, a, uh, I think it was a nine weight, uh, uh, Henley clear intermediate line and, uh, and took it to Baja with, with him on a trip. And, and he told me it was absolutely a game changer, uh, for big Dorado, uh, or, or big, uh, Mahi. Are yeah. Mahi and Dorado, the same fish. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my brain automatically I no went to Golden Dorado. Fish, but it was, it was Dorado. Yeah. Uh, big, 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 Mahi. big bubblehead green fish <laughs> that are so yeah. freaking awesome in pictures. Uh, yeah. So say- I
2: just learned I just learned the connection to the salt game in Boulder. When you first introduced Monic to me, Chris, yeah. uh, you were like, yeah, they're they're primarily a salt um or their that's kind of their focus and i was like what why are they in boulder so the hot
1: weather that does a lot of salt but go ahead
2: yeah hot weather that does a lot of salt and so that that's a a uh, fact that i learned from you jarvis i, I learned that connection Thanks yeah clear that up
3: of course yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny we get that a lot you know it's like especially at the fly fishing shows and stuff people like so you make mostly you know we focus primarily on the saltwater because the, the clear fly lines have the best sort of, you know, application or been the most popular there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've really been trying to up our trout game because, you know, I you know love to go trout fishing too, but it is funny for people to be like, so you guys are in Boulder, but you know, you're one of the bigger saltwater fly line companies. And uh, hopefully that just means all of us at the shop will get to, go take some more trips to the salt
1: soon. <laughs> Sounds like a way to expense it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then yeah. The, the third completely clear line you guys just came out with last year is, um, and I think it's under the saltwater label, even though I, 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 I'm throwing that saltwater label out, uh, but it's the Advanced Clear Plus, mm-hmm. which is a lot like the others, but has the uh, javelin taper. So a real okay. aggressive Ford taper for throwing big bugs and uh, and i i personally I fish that on a 6 weight and i am in love with it i mean it's uh it will flat out launch uh, a fly and uh and you can you can still hold a lot of air and uh, a lot of line in the air even with that big uh ford taper so it's not uh, it's an aggressive taper but it's not uh um like mega wind resistant
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so i'm a i'm a big fan of that advanced clear um Interesting, you said that. So, so, ton of saltwater lines, but you have a couple that are um, what you call four season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dalton fishes the icicle, um, and then we we talked about the Monarch one hundred and one. And 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 I admittedly, for the listeners, um, you know the, uh, and I will tell you this when you call me, uh, and I will, I will say it on the line with Jarvis, and we've talked already. Uh, Monic is not, um, because of the materials, rocking the cold water game. Uh, and you alluded to, uh, I have a, a, a prototype of a, of a trout line um, that you have. And actually, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, right. But uh, because of the design, it, it holds a little more memory in the sure. cold. Yeah. Uh, but for Oklahoma and Oklahoma spring, summer, fall. That's all one season, by the way, spring, summer, fall.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, these lines, I mean, we can call them saltwater, but they're really just warm weather lines. Um, they don't fall apart or, or lose, the, lose their strength um, like a lot of other companies' lines do that are heavily focused on the cold water and the trout. Um, I mean, you talk about uh, bass fishing, um any of our warm water species and uh in any warmer temps in Oklahoma and it is uh they're fantastic so so that that design as much as I'm going to dog you for um cold water lines not being there for like you know the two months of cold water we have in Oklahoma (laughs) uh the uh, they're they're almost perfectly suited for us uh and anybody south of us so um anyway that's that's my honest uh, uh statement on that so
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I always love to hear, you know, the feedback, like, especially that, you know, even with the memory and the cold on some of those lines and, you know, to hear that the advanced clear plus is, you know, fishing so well for you on the six way is is huge to hear. We were psyched to be able to put that construction together. And actually another key difference on that line is we used a new core material. Mm -hmm. So the Henley series is uses a monocore is what we call it. It's actually a proprietary monofilament that we helped design. Um, basically the Henley series has a lot of stretch to it so if you feel it there's really a good amount of stretch in there which can be really nice for you know shock absorbing properties you know on lighter tippets and it's and it's nice too because when you do fish it in the cold and it does get that memory on you off the reel is that stretch lets you just kind of straighten it out um you know so which will keep it fine for a good while until it you know gets inevitably cold again um but and then, so the advanced clear plus uses a new core material that we call the sensor core, just because it's a lot more sensitive and it's got some more stiffness added to it, which one really helps increase the line speed. You know, that's why you really get a nice double haul. You can feel that line just really respond and shoot through those guides. And the other big thing there is you get a lot of added sensitivity for those hook sets, you know, those strip sets, you can get a better hook set and bury that hook pretty nice. So love to hear that that one's doing good. and. Yeah, we've got you know, new trout stuff, so we're excited. Don't worry, everybody. We've got
1: some great cold water stuff coming soon, and uh, we'll be crushing it all around. <laughs> cold water and sink tip. You've already heard me say that about yeah. fourteen hundred times, and uh, don't worry, you're not
3: the only one that's asked. So we got <laughs> it. <on the> work.
1: <laughs> okay, good, good. I, I usually think I'm the most annoying guy that calls twice a day to, no, to ask for stuff, but now and, and interesting enough on that advanced clear plus. Um, so it has the, the the near zero stretch core, um, which if you've not casted that, we're gonna start doing some demo days uh, probably once a month through, well, through the warmer weather.
3: different too, sorry. What's that? The, one's the, the slightly zero is the gel spawn. So this one's a little bit different than that too. It's kind of like oh. an in-between.
1: Okay, okay, so it's, it's different than the core from like the Skyline Plus. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Okay,
1: I wanna get into that one in a second too, but yeah. the, uh, what's interesting on the Advanced Clear Plus um is while i'm dogging it as a cold water line um and it does come all the way down to i think three weight is the smallest yeah uh, while i'm dogging it as a cold water line it actually um with a good hand stretch off the reel even though it's dubbed a salt water line um i think you use this word and i'm gonna hold on to it because it makes me sound smart uh it actually stretches just a little bit and anneals mm-hmm. uh to be relatively uh straight i'm not gonna say low memory but it's mm-hmm. straight and so if you give that um uh and and dalton uh and trevor know for sure i regardless of the manufacturer when we get to the river we peel off 50, 60 feet of line and give it a really good stretch, no matter what. Uh, it's just a great way to start your day. 100%, uh, I, wish,
3: I wish more people you know knew that. Cause I think that's one tip that kind of goes under everybody's radar. They get a new fly line, they rig it up. It's like, you give that line a good stretch and you'll be amazed at how much better it's gonna perform for you after you know, sitting oh. out of school.
1: Well, the, uh, the other drink. thing uh, that, that I think most people need to hear, um and and i've had some people look at me weird at at shows um you know you buy a package or you buy a new line you want me to help you spool it up uh i'm going to put your backing on the reel, stupid tight as tight as i can but your line i'm gonna you know whether it's a a, a a a loop-to-loop connection to the back of your fly line or if it's a um okay what's the what's the Awesome knot uh, starts with an A, not an Arbor knot. Um, I can do it, but I can't tell you the name of it.
3: Um, What is it?
1: The Albright knot? Is it Albright? Yeah. So you create a loop, (laughs) go through. Go through the loop and then around four or yeah, five yeah. times and back through and then-
3: Kind of like a nail knot, but a little different, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so anyways, that's that's my preferred knot uh, if there's not a, a back loop connection to your backing. But anyway, um, or if you just feel like, you know, you want to be a rebel and cut the loop, but you don't want to cut the loop on the front so you can cut the loop on the back so you're half a rebel. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I will actually unspool the entire line across the grass. And, uh, and give it a good stretch, but you know, line twists when you're spooling it. And so don't start off wrong, right? Go ahead and get that line laid out all the way, uh, treat it like a water hose, like, you know, the water hose in the, in the spring when you kind of flip it around a few times and get it all uncoiled, give it a good stretch, uh, and then get, uh, I, to me, just get started off on the right foot, right? So there's my, my free tip of the day for uh, spooling a brand new fly line. So, uh, Dude, I'm way off. I'm way off topic. I'm sure somewhere in the middle of that was a question I meant to ask, but uh, I tend to. I'm glad you said
3: that though. That was that's like the perfect way to set the set the line up on the spool, and a lot of people forget about that twist too. You know, it's like kind of like a yo-yo on the end of your string. If you held that line with the spool dangling, you would see it just kind of untwisting, just from you know the spooling itself, and it it's bound to get twisted. Once you get it out, you're a lot happier. So, I'm, yeah. I'm said
1: yeah regardless of the manufacturer i mean it's it's uh it can be mechanically spooled hand spooled regardless of manufacturer it it gets twisted when it goes on there so start yourself off the right way yeah what were you saying Dalton? we're learning such on this podcast vocabulary
2: your tips (laughs) i mean already learning so much
1: (laughs) your chris is here Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a few versions of Chris Jarvis. Uh, there's gear Chris, which is going to be tonight uh, because I, I Uber geek out on this stuff. There's also whiskey Chris, which may also be tonight. And uh, which means I can't, I'm not going to attempt to Looks spell, like- but I'm going to use the word. So. <laughs> I love it. So man, um, I do want to kind of run through a few of the more popular lines and, and a little bit about them I think uh, here after a bit because I think um, that's that's just fun for people to know instead of uh, you know calling me and asking or digging through a website because uh, you do have I mean I think upwards of like 14 different lines now. yeah
3: we, we just really boosted up the the products that we were offering you know we we realized that you know there's a lot of different applications that can be used in a taper specifically, you know, and that's something that we kind of used to always focus on is like, how can this one taper be the most versatile and say, you know, it's like you could take that icicle fly line and you, I have people that call me and say they fish for bonefish with it and they love it and, you know, out in the saltwater. And it's like, that's what we kind of were geared to more in the past, but it seems like a lot more people that are starting to really dive into the sport want that specific, know taper that might suit their fancy or suit their application that they're using so came out with the saltwater species specific like specific tapers to because that's kind of where our bread and butter is like we said before in the saltwater um but we're going to keep keep building on that just to give everybody an option and you know everybody likes to fish differently
1: yeah and i think i think it's it's a good reminder um whether it's a a fly rod for me call it a maxon or a moonlit um or or any other fly line manufacturer it is hugely important um to to match your fly line to the rod and i'm not just talking a, a seven weight to a seven weight um you know there are afta standards uh which is the the grain weight uh in the first 30 feet of the fly line uh, but generally speaking there's there's after standards and then industry suggestions Uh, and so uh you know different uh fly lines might be a full weight uh grain weight you know full grain weight measurement above the after standards but it's still called a seven weight um and and some for some of your stiffer fast action rods it's very appropriate Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's you know uh usually i haven't seen anybody under after standards but it's usually at or half above again, or, or, a full, uh, size above, but, uh, uh, you know, different rods are going to really pair better with different lines. And so, um, I just encourage you to, to, uh, uh listeners to, um, you know, to get the most out of your rod, to, uh, um, to talk to somebody with experience about different fly lines, try some out, um, you know, you might have a fantastic rod that's not performing the way you want it to, and it probably just needs a different fly line. And, uh, if you can afford to, um, buy as much fly line as you can really, uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, if you could, if it's a $200 fly line, which I don't know of a $200 fly line, but, uh, theoretically a $200 fly line, you're going to get more out of than you are a $20 fly line. Uh, and so, uh, it's just like anything else you, you you should get what you pay for there. Hey before we get into Jarvis before we get into um, the the individual lines and we won't go through all all 14 plus but, uh, but I want to hit some high points there uh, can you give us a little a little background on um, how fly lines are designed so uh, the, the you know kind of the everything from the the taper to the running line, to the materials. Um, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a big question and kind of let you roll, man. Uh, uh, the, the design and, and, and whatnot, um, then how they're actually made, mm-hmm. right? I mean, cause I can't honestly tell you, uh, in, in my mind, there's a big vat of something and you like just run some core material through, which is not accurate. Uh,
3: I think that's how they, some of the vinyl lines are made, honestly. Really? yeah honestly we were just talking to somebody at the fly fishing show that went and saw I won't drop the name of the company now but they went and saw the production of some of their vinyl lines and it was literally pretty much a core being run through a vat of that material and then something that shapes the taper for you kind of skimming off the outside of it which I was kind of blown away with because I'm only pretty much familiar with with our technique and how we use and it's pretty hard to find a good look into some of the other companies, how they're making
1: them and stuff. Um, in, in my mind, that's uh, like me watching one of those, how it's made on yeah. Oreo cookies type thing. Right.
3: Seriously. Yeah.
1: Um, and then, and then baked into that question, man, is, is why PVC free? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you kind of touched on that on the, on the, the chemical stuff, but what are some of the benefits outside of uh, I'm not discounting the environmental Thought oh, process, yeah. but on that, so, uh, so there, there's my like seven part question, man, um, and I'm not sure that uh, that it's fair to you, but uh, what <laughs> do you do know?
3: A, yeah, I'll do <laughs> my best to tackle it. Trying to give away too many uh, industry secrets, I guess, or the Monic secret sauce. Let know. them all out. Let them all out. <laughs> no, I don't think I could do that. But I gotta <laughs> keep that leg up, you know. But. Anyways, so the process of making a fly line is usually a process called extrusion and that's how we make them. So it's a, a big machine called an extruder where basically you have that core material being fed through what's called a die, and that goes through that machine and the machine itself coats that core material and you can do several coatings um, and kind of build upon that. But basically there's a big screw inside this machine you pour your plastic, you know, pellets, plastic material into this machine, which has controlled heats pretty much all the way across for each section. So you can control the rate at which it melts as well as kind of, as it comes out, how fast it'll cool. Um, And then you control that speed of the screw, which pushes out the material. You know, the more you push, the larger that section will be. less you push, you know, you'll start to thin out that line. Um, And then there's also the third component to that would be sort of the take up system. And that's the speed at which the core material runs through the extruder. So if you slow it down, you get more material creating that taper profile. And as you speed it up, you start to thin out that line itself. So have a computer system where you can basically, you know, program the different tapers so the machine will speed up and slow down while you also start to work on you know the screw speed and whatnot and uh, use a large variety of core materials um, like we were talking before got the monocore the sensor core you know also use braided nylons um, as well as the gel spun which is on that skyline plus which is i think one of the coolest core materials that we use having that zero stretch Um, so basically the you know Got to heat it, got to dry up those core materials for a long time because moisture is a huge issue when you're going through that machine. Just a little bit of moisture will cause basically a blowout on the line when it connects with the heat, causes that moisture to expand and causes issues. So you got to make sure all your core material is extremely dry. You run that through the machine, um, you know, build the taper. That gets spooled onto a nice big spool, which will keep that memory off as it, you know as it comes off the machine. So we try to keep as little memory in the lines as possible to alleviate those issues. you know. So we keep them stored on pretty large spools so they don't have as much of that memory instilled and twist instilled on them. And then from there, you go over to the spooling station and that's where myself and Ron will be uh, most of the day spooling up some lines, putting on those pre-welded loops and uh, spooling them up and packaging them out. But we try to keep a nice balance of lines on the bigger spools to kind of alleviate, you know, those issues with memory. Cause that's something that we really try to work towards. Cause you don't, you know, have a memory in your fly lines, uh, not the best time. So but that's kind of the, the overarching general process of how you make it through the process of extrusion with a big old extruder machine, you know, melting plastic, pushing it through and, and coating the core is kind of the
1: yeah and so and so in those plastics um you know of course i've got a i'm sure the listeners do too i've got a i've got a vision in my mind of uh, you know millions of little plastic pbs as they go in the mm-hmm. machine melted but uh, uh you know all of the slickening agents all of the all of that is um is, is part of those plastic beads because the slickening agent is you know melted in it's it's it goes all the way through to the core yeah so it's actually there's like kind of mix them all
3: together, if you will. So you can start with your plastic, your slickening agent, you know, maybe your color pigment, um, you know, different types of plastic. So we use a wide range of materials, not just, you know, there's polyurethane, polyethylene, polypropylene, and a mix of other copolymers. So we we pretty much try to use whatever materials we think is going to have the best result. Um, So that's kind of, what we use. So it's like a big, big cauldron, if you will, mixing up your, your fly line batch and melting that all together to make that uniform fly line.
1: Well, what's really cool um, with all of that mixed together. Um, and I'm, I'm sure this, you know some of our listeners have heard this on other, other podcasts from, from some of the manufacturers out there, not all of them, but some of them, um, when you have the slickening agent and everything is the same on that line. And, uh, you know, you go once a month, once a year, once every five years, uh, if you're like me, but, but you should do better. Uh, but when you go clean those lines, uh, you know, you take, take the whole line, put it in a, uh, a, a warm water bath with some really mild soap and uh, hit it with, at, at a minimum, the green side of, uh, you know, one of those green and yellow scotch pads, yeah. uh, but, but really get some friction on it and clean those off. And you're actually taking the 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 very microscopic top layer of the fly line off when you clean it, and and below that, guess what? It's a brand new, rejuvenated fly line because all of those same properties are baked all the way through. So, uh, a an aggressive, good cleaning periodically on your fly lines, uh, especially the monic, is is I mean, it just brings it right back to life. So yeah, I think I'm glad you touched on that too because
3: it's one of the great things about building the slickening agent right into the line itself is it's not something that's going to diminish and wear away and fade out over time. It's something that's, you know, constructed right in there. So like you said, you keep the line clean and it's going to stay slick for the whole life of the line, which should yeah. last you, you know, depending on how much you fish, I'd say, you know, even the hardest anglers that are out, you know, hundred, 200, 300 days a year, definitely you know get at least a season or two and we guarantee all of our lines for a season you know it's like if you're fishing it and it breaks down on you and it's still in within the year you just give me a call give us a call at the shop and I'll swap it out for you you know because like that's one of the biggest things we want everybody to you know at least get a season out of their lines and if we can't guarantee you that then like you know Wow. You shouldn't get any fly line. that It's not going to last you a season. <laughs> so
1: interesting enough, I didn't, I didn't know that. And uh, so I've not been uh, promoting that. And, and I think in today's industry, I know like the, the max on, uh, you know, lifetime warranty um, is, is just bar none. And, okay. and it means a lot to people when they're investing their dollars. I didn't know that about your fly line. So that's, I, uh, um, better believe I'm going to share that message that's pretty that's that's slick now what yeah, if somebody steps clear. on it and breaks it I mean that's kind of hard to argue right
3: yeah no I mean like within good reason you know like yeah some reason you found like a nick or crack in your line I'll you give me a call and I'll swap it out for you like one of our biggest things is you know customer service and making sure all of our customers are having a great time with the line itself and you know, I try to give everybody the benefit of a doubt, you know, I'm sure some people might be like, oh, you know, it maybe it got chopped in the boat repeller, but I don't care, you know, give me a call, and we'll switch it out for you, seriously, and kind of going back to to the, the weight thing, you know, with weights being all across the board, you know, I've had plenty of guys that, you know, it's like, hey, you know, anybody that reaches out, and they're like, I'm not sure which one to get, my rod is really fast, should I upline, and that's one of the the after weighting stuff is one of the biggest headaches in the fly line industry. And just like going back and forth with the rod companies on, really it should just come down to grains instead of like an eight weight being, you know, across the board. Um, but anyways, I like to say it's like, if you get that seven weight, you know, like, man, this isn't casting great or this isn't loading my rod. Like also we will switch it out for you, you know, cause like I said, we just want everybody to, really enjoy the fly line and you can't do that if it's not matched with your gear well
1: and so if the so as the rods get uh, like just mega fast mm-hmm. then then they need to have a heavier grain weight is that am i thinking of that the right way
3: yeah 100 percent. you know and that's one of the things that's been hard for us it's like we try to stick as close to the AFTA weighting standards as possible because we want to be transparent with everybody on what the actual grains are so they don't have to guess and figure out like which one is going to be the best for me you know when people reach out i usually ask like is there a line that you liked in the past that you felt cast really well because you know all, a lot of the fly line other companies are really heavily overweighting their lines and for one that's better for the faster action rods but two it makes a beginner caster it makes them feel like they're you know it, it makes it easier to cast as well um but you know as you become more experienced than into the sport, you start to realize the benefits of casting a, a more true to weight line, you know, getting more feel out of your rod as well as maybe a gentler presentation. Um, but that's always a tricky thing, you know, trying to figure out, you know, the grain weights because it's like, we're trying to be as transparent as possible. Um, but it's hard if you just came from say like a 300 grain, eight weight and ours is, you know, 240, it's yeah. like, you're going to be like, this isn't casting, right? It's the fly line. When actually you just need a heavier line because that's what you're used to. Um, well, so on, that. Yeah.
1: on your website, um, monic.com or, or, or our website, tulsaflyshop.com, uh, when you get to the Monic line section, uh, there, there's actually a, a per um, line design uh, grain weight chart. Yeah. So, uh, so you've got those details out there. I admittedly stole them and put them on our website. Glad and, you, did. you know, they get lost at
3: the bottom of the page. I put all um, the work into making those and then nobody sees them.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's right up in the pictures on, on, uh, Tulsa man. But, the, but it's exactly that. So if you know that, you know, you liked, uh, an essay, blah, 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 uh, uh, line and you can find that information on their website and you want to try the monic then uh, then you can go you know match it up and and it's, I yeah. think that's that's important and frankly if you uh listeners if you uh just want some advice um and and hopefully I'm not wrong then give me a call or or call Jarvis uh or any of the monic crew um and uh, I think that's the um you know everybody knows I I'll, I'll talk gear. And so uh, be ready for a five or 10 minute conversation. If you call me, no, it, it's, 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 an, it's unfortunately going to happen. So uh. you guys trust in gear, Chris, because,
2: you know, gearing up last season for our last smallmouth season, gearing up for it. Um, he put a monic that monic icicle um, seven weight line in my hands and dude, my casting came alive with that right. line. Um, you know, I was, uh, the seven was the step up for my bass rod. I was fishing the, um, mostly glass three weight, six weight glass rods. Um, then got that seven weight graphite and he, he put that icicle line on and Man, it, it, it was otherworldly. I mean, that's, that line really has been my evolution of my casting. Um, and it's been awesome to, to experience and, and see myself grow um with your product so man i'm sold on it so um here chris <laughs> is going to keep those lines coming for me
3: hey I, I love to hear that feedback like honestly that makes you know me feel so good because we put a bunch of work into you know really try to give those lines to people to have those experiences you know so i love to hear that you know it was a crucial part in kind of growing your cast and grow as a fly fisherman so i thank you for sharing that i, yeah, I can
0: attest to that too i mean i went from a a six weight with a pre-spooled line that no no telling where it came from it was like churning butter like (laughs) to try to get anything out there and i felt like a moron
2: yeah
0: (laughs) and then switching over to what chris had with the with the monic line uh i mean nine day i i had no idea that it makes that much of a difference
1: Mm -hmm. trevor's told this story but uh he was he was casting a six weight when we were we were on a float and uh um and I just kind of looked at it and his casting stroke wasn't, wasn't bad by any means knowing that he'd, he'd been a predominantly uranum for, for a while, but, uh, and had to remember how to, how to cast again. So, and he was kind enough to take some instruction, which, um, uh, uh, and he, he, I mean, he might've, you know, called
0: desperate me. enough to take
1: <laughs> it. I, I still think there desperate. were, there were names <laughs> called, but I, but you know, I was rowing hard.
0: So I couldn't hear you, but, uh, <laughs> rhymes with Mickhead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mickhead, Uh, but, uh, but then I, I mean i just looked at that and I, and I i think i said hey man try this try this seven weight and uh and it had the bonefish taper so that's the same line you've got now and uh yeah and i can attest you instantly were shooting in line and uh, almost almost shocked at the line shooting which was kind of fun for me to watch i, feel,
0: I felt like a real fly fisherman yeah. why, why is this
1: line leaving my left hand i don't yeah. understand what just happened <laughs> <laughs> hey real quick uh jarvis uh Talk to us a little bit about the, um, please, I need to say please more often. Please talk to us uh, uh, about the uh, the Javelin taper, um, a couple of the different, uh, maybe a couple of different polymers. And then I really wanna hear more about um, uh, the PVC-free yeah. design.
3: Yeah, of course. So um, I guess since that was part of the last seven part question, I'll go back to the PVC-free. <laughs>
1: I'm keeping you on track man
3: <laughs> yeah we're on the same page here so um like i was saying earlier i think what brought bob the original creator of the morning Fire Lines, to being pvc free in nature was you know the uniqueness of it for one you know being able to do something differently and it does offer really great advantages for durability because using the naturally buoyant plastics and things that are naturally you know malleable things that are not going to be you know stiff as a pvc pipe like i always like to when people are kind of confused about the difference in the two i always say like look at a pvc pipe you know that's essentially you know the vinyl resins that are in a fly line in some way shape or form but then to that hard material you add different softeners you know different plasticizers and different agents to help manipulate that material. So it performs. So like your saltwater vinyl line is going to have, you know, plasticizers in there that are going to keep it, you know, stiff and rigid so that in the extreme heats, it doesn't turn into like a big wet noodle and vice versa for the cold water. You're going to add a lot more plasticizers to keep it super soft and supple so that, you know, if, and then also floating agents to keep it, you know, floating high. And to keep it, you know, fishing well in the cold weather. So using the naturally buoyant plastics and using plastics that you know we won't need to add these additives and plasticizers to, those things are never there. So there's nothing ever leaving the line, which is what makes you know your voids, your cracks, you know, the you step on it, you'll crush the floating, you know, glass beads and your line will just you know deteriorate a lot faster. So with kind of like a bare bones, in a sense, construction, you have something that's a lot more solid and something that's going to last a lot longer because it's, uh, you know, it's it's what it is, I guess. You know, it's like it doesn't have those things that are going to break it down over time, which in turn, like I said before, is, you know, more environmentally friendly too. But um, yeah, I think that's what really drove the PVC-free in nature.
1: I got, dude, I got to ask, is, is is are there like, Patents on the material, I mean, because to me, I mean, that seems so ridiculously obvious, and I'm not trying to get you trade secrets or anything crazy. Like that, but, but I mean, that uh, going back to simple and starting off the right way, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe, maybe it's that it cost more, right, and so the margins aren't there, but uh, uh, are there patents on that design? Is that just going to be a monic thing forever?
3: So... On the patent state, when Bob originally created the first ever clear floating fly line, he patented that, like clear floating fly lines, is what he patented. And I'm not sure, you know, that was well before my time there. Um, I'm not sure the details of the patent, but I do know that it was a 17 year patent. So that expired, you know, a few years ago, basically. And one other company that was making clear fly lines back in the day was actually paying us royalties for that patent. But basically, after the 17 years, it goes to the free market. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the story on that.
1: (laughs) Okay. no, cool. So I mean, so so it's open for others to to do something like this, but they essentially have to make they have to retool everything they're doing. I mean, let's call it scientific like, anglers call it. Yeah. Whatever. Like I
3: said, you know, it's like, that's one of our biggest legs up. It's like we have a 20 year head start of trial and error of using, you know, PVC free naturally buoyant materials that are going to perform well as a translucent fly line. Cool.
1: Very cool. And then on the, on the tapers, um, cause you know, we are, um, not all of us, but, but um, uh, I think the people that are, are silly enough to hang out with me uh, tend to throw big flies and, uh, and enjoy the, the big tapers. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in the world of tapers, so you have the javelin tapers kind of like your standard uh, compared to maybe call it like a Titan essays, Titan tape. But then you got, you've got to step further and I say you, we'll give Andrew the credit, but we have got to step further uh, and, and have species-specific tapers. So like the bonefish is a bonefish taper so that you can launch a big, not a big fly, but you can launch uh, certain flies, but then still come down delicate. You can launch, let me get my, my words right. You can cast aggressively into the wind and still have a delicate presentation. Uh, that for you know for su- super spooky bones but but you have multiple tapers instead of just like this one weight forward taper this one big fly taper
3: yeah you know I, that's something you know basically a couple years back we had more of just sort of the traditional style taper like you'll see in our henley series which is the you know the older construction of the clear you know your basic 5 25 5 taper like five front 25 belly five foot rear taper um because that was kind of the way of the market at the time and then you know started to go into more of that sort of aggressive shooting head style that seemed like as the rods got faster as well you wanted something that could give you a little bit more punch push through the wind so that was kind of the birth of the javelin taper which did really well for us and it actually you know A lot of people think of it as like a shooting head too, where you have to, you're making these long casts, you know, big double hauls. But another great thing about having that more heavily weighted in the front is when you're fishing, you know, close quarters or making short casts, you can immediately have some grains in the front of that taper that's going to load your rod and make your job of delivering the cast a lot easier. So nice for quick compact casts as well.
1: So anything in your 15 to 30 foot, that you just need one quick back cast to get right, get the fly right back in that rock before you float past it.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And then sort of growing from there, we said, okay, you know, what different things can we adjust on these tapers to say, make it more applicable for tarpon fishing where you have, you know, that split second, you have to make one quick cast, you know, two false casts, maybe at top to load your rod, shoot out a good deal of line, you know, a lot of tarpon shots can be close 20 30 feet but you can also get up to that 70 80 you know 90 foot would be an insane shot but i'm sure it happens you know so you need the ability to do it all um so we kind of and the clear tips have always been a huge thing for you know tarpon bone and permit so we just kind of we sat down as a team and we said you know what tapers are going to perform best for say you know tarpon quick powerful shot or a permit where you have to make a long, accurate, delicate cast, but you still need that mass focused towards the front, so you can carry that line longer distances and punch through the wind and turn over a crab pattern, um, but then lay out a lot more delicate on the top of the water. Whereas like the bonefish, we're like, okay, you're going to be making you know powerful shots into the wind, mostly you know probably going to be wading the flats, something that's really going to make it easy to target those schooling fish, and then. Also with the longer overall head design, meaning you have a longer section of that hundred foot line that's weighted. So when you, you know, say you make that 50 foot shot, a couple strips, nothing there, you can pick that 40 feet, 50 feet of line off the water and lay it back out for another presentation. So we just wanted to you know, up our game and kind of you know, show that you know, our lines are just as technical and just as advanced as you know, any other line on the market.
1: So, so real quick, because um, I want to talk about the different line offerings, um, and then you can't see it in the video, but I can read Dalton's face right now. And he's got fishing questions, and so uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go quickly because I, I, fear Dalton and his fishing questions, and and he's just gonna tell me to shut up and and, and start <laughs> talking over me in a second. But uh, so in in the way of in the way of lines, right? So we have. Um, yeah, we talked about the Henley clear and the Henley intermediate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, slow, slow sinking intermediate, but, but completely clear fly line. Uh, we talked about the advanced clear, aggressive head, um, labeled as salt water, um, but has um, uh, done well in colder water. Um, you know, Cody Wan, one of our local, uh, guys who absolutely killed it, uh, over the last 12 months that I've seen, uh, fantastic angler, local angler. Um, he's got the advanced clear plus and has taken it cold water, warm water, and done really well with it. But, nice. um, we talked about the icicle. Yeah. Uh, so a, uh, call it an $80 fly line, uh, good midpoint, a, aggressive javelin taper, uh, great for small mouth. Um, Monarch 101, the uh, kind of entry level line, uh, regular weight forward taper, uh, still very slick line, uh, uh, and I would actually, I would actually say the the Monarch 101 with a a decent hand stretch uh, at the beginning of your your day will will actually do well uh, for for trout. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's, uh, uh, a good cold, you know, cold four season. It's, it's labeled four season.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've fished the Monaco, the Monaco one of the icicle, they're made on a very supple core with stretch. So I fish them here, you know, 10 degrees in the snow out at South Boulder Creek or Cheeseman and they fish so they'll work out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Then, uh, um, oh, I did we, we need to talk. I'm, I'm going to interrupt Dalton's fishing talk later to talk about you and, uh, uh Nico's pictures I've seen on social media recently. Uh that's that's not fair. Uh but anyway, the um uh these dudes are catching big fish. Uh but the, you talked about the Skyline Plus earlier, which is another mid-price point line that is frankly underpriced, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um uh, you've got that that braided no stretch core, um uh, a, a super cool looking uh almost like translucent translucent blue uh coating line line design um with a uh, is that the javelin taper on the skyline yeah. yeah okay and so that is another uh warm water i've got that in a in an eight weight um Actually, uh, Trevor, you have that in your hands right now. You need to you need to get out and cast that Salish with the Skyline Plus. You can absolutely launch this fly line, and I have set the hook on a smallmouth uh, from about seventy feet away. Uh, it, if I'm telling the truth, it, it, it the eat actually scared me. Um, I did not expect to get to get bit. I was making one of those uh, just insane casts halfway across the, the Upper Illinois River, and I was instantly connected to that fish yeah i i I could have buried and i did i buried that hook in that fish's mouth top lip uh from 70 feet away and uh and i felt it instantly i mean like the no stretch is no stretch it was it was a lot of fun uh so anyways i'm I'm a huge skyline
3: yeah i love that that's my that's my go-to warm water line around here and you know, it's so nice for the bass, pike too, you know, anything, you know, warm water. That skyline, with that zero stretch, like you said, it's like you don't lose any energy throughout the cast. Like if you think of a double haul, you're pulling your line. And if there's a good amount of stretch, you're going to have that delayed transfer of energy. So with that gel spun, you just bomb cast, berry hook sets, you know, super slick, gonna be extremely durable can fish it you know all the way up to you know 120 130 degrees like it's a great line and that's actually a huge favorite of the guys down in the keys for fishing for tarpon you know they basically will run the skyline plus with a clear line on another another rod so you have your skyline plus for all the overcast you know maybe deeper water not as stealthy needed conditions and you can just hammer them with the skyline plus and then say that sun rolls in and you're in a shallower spot then pull out that clear line and do the trick but
1: yeah well the skyline's not a gaudy i mean it's not a gaudy line it's just not it's just not clear
3: yeah right like we try to keep everything stealthy you know we never we're not going to produce a bright orange fly line you know (laughs) just we want to keep everything you know muted but also visual because people do like to see their fly line you know it's a.
1: So that, yeah, that's, that's interesting enough. So I, and, and just for cosmetics, I have a bright orange backing
0: mm-hmm. on
1: my, on the spool that I have my advanced clear plus, and it looks super sweet, but that's yeah, just, co- that's just me. It's yeah. just cosmetics. Right. Uh, but so so you have, and you said it up there, and that's what I was going to get into next. So we have, we have like the Bonefish taper, uh, saltwater master series and a few of those, but then you have this phantom tip series. Mm-hmm. And so for those that, want to see their fly line the whole time in the air. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, that is a disadvantage of like the advanced clear plus Um, it is stealthy. So you can actually lose it um, Mm -hmm. on top of the water um, if there's a ripple, so good and bad. bad. Right. Uh, And then you definitely can lose it on a sunny day in the air. Uh, But an alternative, that is a colored fly line with a phantom tip and Mm -hmm. have a whole series of those uh, where is it, is it 10 feet?
3: Uh, 15 feet
1: 15 feet is um uh, so you have a, a normal colored fly line and then the, the front 15 feet is uh i mean just disappear on your clear uh yeah. for some of that stealthy so that's a good in between right so
3: yeah totally kind of give the people that might be a little hesitant or you know nervous of using that full clear line because it is a big adjustment from going from a completely opaque line to something that your eyes really have to search for once it's on the water because it is extremely stealthy but that phantom tip is kind of a nice middle ground and it's also really helpful for people for guides you know I've talked to a lot of guides that get nervous when their clients are making casts you know long shots on a full clear line when they're trying to reposition their cast for them so they can actually catch the fish so the phantom tip is definitely a huge plus being able to have all 15 foot you know of clear stealthy floating clear tip with that green transition colored line um, for the remaining 75 feet, um, 85 feet on the other saltwater lines. But yeah, it gives you a nice, you know, visual marker. You know, you can lay your cast down, maybe, you know, look off for a second and then, you know, still spot it, still track your, track your fly. And, uh, you know, it's also good. You can kind of see some strike detection there too if you're fishing that style, you know, give you a visual marker on the line itself.
1: And so, and really, I mean, we're talking about, you know, obviously stealthiness of of fishes and seeing what's coming at them, but then at the same time, we always talk about lining fish, right? And so um, I personally don't have an experience with lining a fish. I I haven't been the scientific, right? Um, You know, lining a fish with an opaque line versus lining a fish with a a clear line or a phantom tip section, Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: but you just have to imagine it makes a difference
3: yeah like, I've talked to a couple guides now that really swear by it they say like I'll have a client throw out you know a colored line they'll spooklaw fish and then you switch to that clear line and you get that eat and I've heard that so many times now it's like you know it's it definitely is a game changer and I haven't you know personally experienced it like i'm I'm actually headed to the Bahamas in a month so I'm hoping that we're gonna get that drone footage of the actual <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it makes a huge difference. I've heard it, you know, many a time, just like how big of a game changer it is when you take out that clear line. And when we went down to the Keys, actually, one of the guys there, he was making a bunch of casts with the Skyline Plus, not getting eats, immediately switched to the clear, first cast, boom, hooked up. It was like, okay, it's gotta be the line. Like, so I'm really hoping to get some good drone footage, you know, line the fish with a colored line, see how they react and then line them with the clear line and just kind of, you know, be able to see that from a bird's eye view.
1: So, so real, real quick, real interesting. And I'm going to shut up so Dalton can talk fishing. Cause I, I, I think I've worn out my welcome, uh, on our own podcast, but, uh, so last it had to be April, uh, we did a show, um, down at, at Scotty's, uh, blue river one-stop, um called the blue river small i by things what we called it um but afterwards we went and fished right yeah. and um chris gorman we went and threw uh,
0: things in the water we threw <laughs> lines in the water i wouldn't say we fished I I, <laughs> there there were there were fish in the water and we theoretically, were theoretically it was okay. like 114 degrees okay. <laughs> Dude,
1: that i gotta tell you that show man it was noon like because of course the the speaking portion right um i i my Rotation of speaking was up first. Mm. Uh, and then it just went to squirreliness, right? And we just talked gear and and, and whatnot. The rest, it. but it got to be about noon, Trevor, that day. And it was so stupid hot that I actually thought the day was over. <laughs> I started, I thought I missed lunch, started packing up. Like I started kind of moving to pack things up and realized it was noon and it was supposed to go till three. Or four or whatever it was. I was I was completely disoriented to that show. I might have given away some free stuff. (laughs) Um, That was that was just a wild. Of course, I you know I got up like stupid early to drive down there. It's a three hour drive, but uh, and and so anyway, we went up there, and I think you've seen it, Trevor. The uh, uh, Chris Gorman took his drone up there when we were fishing at the crossing, and uh, and Trevor was kind enough to to kind of show me around the crossing and tell me where not to step so I didn't fall into a alien hole it was 20 feet deep and die uh so thank you for that um but he did he did the drone and i was i was casting uh a six weight uh max double x with the advanced clear plus and i had to stare at the footage to actually see and i think he was trying to film me casting
3: yeah
1: uh, i had to stare at the footage to actually see the line
3: yeah
1: um and you could, but it was it was it was pretty sweet. If I if I find the uh, the footage, uh, Jarvis, I'll send it to you. But, yeah, please man. do. I'd love to check that out. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty sweet. Uh, so okay, Dalton Wortham, I'm gonna show I'm I'm gonna put my mic on mute. Even how's that for an answer? In gear, Chris,
2: you, you got it all out, man. We can. No, we can I don't. Rolling. But I'm still
1: gonna mute myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> man. No, I'm learning as we go. Every time, Gear Chris, dude, he's 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 awesome. Um, you guys need to to go to the church of Gear Chris. <laughs> um, man, I want to talk about the Colorado lifestyle. I feel yeah. like if you don't have something on top of your car, you're a nobody. Call that a Thule box. Call it a rod vault. Call it a bike or a snowmobile or something. Yeah, and you guys got the outdoor
3: lifestyle you know hooked up yeah it's people have got it pretty dialed in here uh, my uncle who lives in Louisville. Is, always says like boulder's probably the only place where you'll see a car where the two bicycles on top of the car are worth more money than the actual car <laughs> <so>. <laughs> absolutely are you, are you like
0: yeah. contractually obligated to put something on the roof of your car when you move to colorado
3: <laughs> i think so it's probably in the fine print somewhere or it's It must be like the Colorado advertising because they slowly, in your brain, you start to think, man, like, I should probably get something on the top of my car.
0: That's all I think about. I was like, I didn't even know I could put shit on the top of my car. But (laughs) here I am. That's all I want.
3: I didn't have anything on the top of my car for the longest time. I've got a Tacoma, though, which is just as much as Colorado and as anything else. Oh, yeah.
0: It's like one of the five cars you're allowed to have, in Colorado. yeah, right. The yeah. other three are Priuses, and the other yeah, two are like Summers. a Subaru outback. Yeah, that's it.
3: <laughs> Before, I it <laughs> but
0: I um,
2: I can't make fun of them too much. I'm rocking the Outback with the River Quiver. So oh, I got a Forester
0: <laughs> that my wife will not let me put any stickers on yet until like we get another car.
3: Yeah, I actually just got a River Quiver too from the guys over at Riversmith. They uh, they're great guys over there. They're actually. We just moved offices locally in Boulder, like about a year ago. But before we just moved, they were just down the road. Actually, their their factory where they're making the rod, quiver, the river quivers, and uh, the guys from there would always come in and we hook them up with lines, and they would send us pictures and stuff. And I've just been talking with them for a long time, and finally saved up a, a good amount of money to spring a spring a river quiver myself. <laughs> Trade some yeah, funds too along the way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, I miss Colorado so much. I I grew up going to Crested Butte, and I I hesitate to say growing up going to Crested Butte. that makes me sound um, very affluent. Um, we we brown bagged, lunched it <laughs> down in the Gunnison Holiday Inn. Nice. Um, right. As up Dalton the
0: summered in Crested Butte. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. Yeah,
2: I saw the hat. Still, I was like, walking he's walking the in yeah. the Crested Butte. Yeah, my family's there right now without me.
3: So nice. Well, uh-huh. not nice for you. Nice, for- dude. Did <laughs> right. you did you
1: hang back just to record this podcast? I did. Yeah. Uh, way to be commitment. Yeah. Commitment. Hey, I'm real so quick, uh, just because you guys talked about River Quiver, I got a note today from them. Uh, previously, the extended version of the River Quivers, mm. uh, so you call it, you know, to 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 handle your your ten and a half foot, eleven foot uh, Euro rods, uh, was only available in silver. And as of today, they are available in black as well, nice. uh, which is which is pretty sweet. So anyway, okay, there's my tidbit. Back on mute. They're
3: great, Chris. interjection. Great guys over there. Anybody listening? Definitely recommend reaching out to them. Uh, solid company. Solid dudes that work there. So
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So how, how did you get into the fly fishing industry? Have You always been outdoors. Always been fishing, and, and it
3: just kind of stuck. Yeah I've always kind of had you know my heart and passion within the outdoors growing up actually my grandfather used to own some property out in Montana like this little lake cabin um, so in the summers we'd go out there I was probably like 7, 8, you know 10, 11, 12 was like kind of the time frame that we were going up there um, before you had to sell it but that was kind of like my introduction to the western outdoors if you will that's kind of where I first picked up a fly rod you know went fishing went on a float trip you know took took horses out into the mountains and just like from there on like my mother's also you know avid outdoorsman and it kind of kind of comes down from my grandfather something that I'm extremely passionate about you know it's I always wish I'm outside you know like I'd take my computer outside and do the work out there if I could, like that's, that's where I'm happiest and meant to be. And so I got into fly fishing then um, my dad actually picked it up while we would take a trip out there as well. Got all the gear, came back to, you know, I, li- I grew up in New Hampshire, um, you know, still some great, you know, trout fishing and some brookie fishing around that area, but it's a lot tougher and it's a lot harder than, being out in Montana on a big open pristine river. So My dad kind of fell out of it a little bit, you know, got caught up with the other stuff going on in life and moved. So basically finished high school in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is like one of the most forested states per square mile. Like there's trees everywhere. Like I just big passionate about being outside. But anyways, my aunt lived in Louisville, which is like just next to Broomfield, actually pretty close and Mm -hmm. came out to visit her, saw the campus in boulder for school I was like oh my god like are you kidding me like you walk down this the path into the main center of campus and it's just huge you know the front range is right there i was like it,
0: it used to be my favorite when I, I used to work for cbs sports and oh when, nice it used to be my favorite trip of the year was going to cover colorado football games
3: yeah like it's an insanely beautiful campus so once i saw that i was like man if i could go there i'm, I'm gonna do my best to make it happen and you know, it's pretty expensive school, but I got really lucky and was able to get some scholarships. So I was able to swing it, came out here for school. Um, you know, graduated in 2018, went back home for just a little bit, lived in Maine for a little bit, but I was like, man, something about the Rockies and Colorado is just calling me. So made a pilgrimage back out here, you know, long drive with the dog and, uh, you know moved back in with some friends in Boulder and I uh, was actually lucky enough to stumble across an opening at you know Monte Fly lines and the rest is history from there I guess <laughs> so I've oh, been with the company about 3 years now
2: Sweet, dude yeah I, I agree with Trevor like that campus and that stadium I I've been to one game there and it was just, it's just an incredible atmosphere I always what I played college football experience. nice I I played at a division 2 here in um in oklahoma east central and i always say if i could if i could do it again man i would i would try to get to colorado university as well yeah it just
3: seems like the place to be
2: go see man, ralphie
0: it's... man go run with ralph yeah 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 go with ralphie.
3: that's a crazy thing to see That's cool yeah it cool. Unbelievable.
0: It is. i'm jealous man that, that's awesome i i miss uh i miss colorado and the big 12 i miss the old big 12 so much yeah um, it, it was it was such a such a great program, great, great athletic department. And this is just me reminiscing, longing, honestly, for like the big eight to see Colorado football kind of in the state that it's in now. Oh God. That fan base deserves so much better, man.
3: Yeah. Like I I'm like, when I went to school there, all I would hear about was how good the football was before we were there. And, you know, they just, they just couldn't compete, you know, but still fun to go to games like CU basketball teams also, also does pretty well all the time. And, I wish I could have seen Chauncey Billups suited up in a CU uh, jersey, and but um, no, No, yeah.
0: You got to remember, it's not Chauncey Billups. You got (laughs) to go back to to the 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 Detroit Pistons PA announcer was the best in the business. It's Chauncey Billups. Yeah, hit him with the lead. You got at least three or four B's there before you get there.
3: A hundred percent, but. Were you yeah. there
0: when uh no you Andre Roberson was was probably after your time, wasn't he?
3: He was like a little bit before me, but I remember before watching you. Yeah, I remember watching games and finding out he went to see you, but every time I'd watch him play, he would just break free throws and miss <laughs> <laughs> them. Like, so not that best CU representative, but um no, that's a great school and uh being so close to so many, you know, pristine. Five fishing opportunities, you know, great rivers, plenty of places where you can get away to, like, not necessarily be on, you know, Cheeseman or Deckers. There's like so much here where you can just explore and find tiny streams. So that kind of resonated with me coming from New Hampshire. And I, uh, I got into it. I was like, hey, Dad, like, w- let me take your setup. You're not using it and brought it out here and, and fell in love with it again. You know, kind of had a hiatus there as I was a, a teenager, but I'm so happy I. Found it again because it's uh, definitely changed my life. You know, it's like it's, I can't help it. It's what I eat, breathe. You know, think about every day. It's like what, if ever I have a spare moment, you know, you know where you're gonna find me. <laughs> yeah. So
0: you being from New Hampshire, you you've got to be a big Brook Trout guy.
3: Yeah. So like I was saying, I never got into it that much in New Hampshire. I definitely have a huge appreciation for the brook trout there and that style of fishing i'm honestly pretty bummed that i can't say i grew up you know you know cutting my teeth on the tiny brook stream brook trout streams in northern new hampshire and up in maine so uh, i will be there back there one day and uh definitely
0: take advantage of it that's awesome that's a bucket so, list for me for sure I yeah. really like so it. real quick i had
1: to step away get a get a refill on my whiskey drink and, <laughs> and when i left Dalton was was queued up to talk fishing. And when I get back, it's gone to football and basketball.
3: Yeah, we hadn't gotten into the fishing yet. It was certainly oh the, the Colorado. So we, so we usually derail into sports
2: or daytime um, talk show opinions,
0: <laughs> um, whether
2: Steve Harvey or Mari is better. Um, and the and the third thing we get derailed into is food. So let's yeah. go into that. There okay. are – both. Two times I've been to Boulder. I've had a burger both times. And one was at this little the little hippie place um, downtown. That's all, That's all of Boulder. Boulder. Yeah. <laughs> <That's Sorry. everywhere. laughs> Not your phrase. What was that place called? Um, I don't remember. But the other one was a was a bar. Um like all real old, like a bunch of old antiques and stuff all around the wall. It was right by the the basketball gym.
3: Mm. Any idea what I'm talking about? Trying to think, like the basketball gym's kind of like. So you might have been over on the hill then, because that's kind of on the the south side of campus, I guess. Um,
1: I don't Turner, know. This, this is your <laughs> opportunity to say, "Man, I don't really frequent the bars. That's not me. I'm above that." Yeah, uh, Dalton, I get it. I mean, yeah, me
3: I don't. I can't think of the name of that restaurant. There's a lot of great restaurants and bars in Boulder. I don't frequent them often, but I do frequent them, I guess. <laughs> Regardless, Let me ask Boulder them. has good burgers. Oh,
2: so, yes. I'm, I'm the burger. listeners,
1: Dalton just Great. gave you the, the two cents that he uh, he went for food in Colorado and went to a hippie joint and a bar. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Did you get the Rocky Mountain oysters? That's what you got. Yeah, <laughs> yep. for sure. <laughs> All right, so we if we want to talk fishing on a fishing
2: podcast. Um, what what kind of fishing? I mean, you're in Colorado, you're in trout heaven. So I mean, yeah. like, what without spot you you've talked about Cheeseman, um, and South Boulder Canyon. Yeah, I don't which, think.
3: It's, sorry, I don't think know, that's
2: not spot spot burning, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those ones. <laughs> uh, South Bo, or South Boulder Creek is the only place I've caught a fish in Colorado. I got skunked when I went out to partial. So um what's what's some what's some good info on the on the Colorado trout fishing man
3: yeah definitely I mean right here in the front range you got quite a few options um like it's nice that when you don't have to drive say two three hours to get up into like Summit County and fish like you know there's so many rivers but like Eagle Colorado the Roaring Fork um I've had some of my best days you know, so far as I went on a float trip with, uh, one of my buddies now, his name's Alec Lucas. He's a guide. Uh, he just started his own outfitter actually, but man, like the fall fishing on the Colorado river, you can't beat it. You know, you're floating down beautiful fall colors, all the Aspen are changing and you just kept like, we must've caught like 50, 60 fish that day. And they're all within that, like 16 to 20 inch range, just nice fish. And, uh, wow but like really close to me, like in Boulder, front range area, you got South Boulder Creek, which is a really nice option just because it's, you know, about 30 minutes up the hill, from up the mountain from Boulder. It's a tail water that comes right out of gross reservoir. So you can fish it year round. And I actually love to go up there in the winter because it cuts down the crowds. And I've had some of my best days dry, dry fly fishing in the winter there. They have some really good midge hatches and put on like a Griffiths nad and pretty much slam all day. So love to go up there. And then a little bit north of Boulder and Longmont where I live now, uh, you got the big Thompson, kind of more in that Fort Collins area. Um, Another great fishery, a lot of fun to go up there, You know, a little bit smaller of a stream. It's a really pretty drive because the drive takes you all the way up into Estes Park which is where Estes Lake is. And then there's the dam. So the big Thompson comes out of there. Love
0: that (laughs) whole area.
3: Yeah. Beautiful. Um, you know, once you get up in that town section, it's not the best scenery, but like some really good fishing right below that dam, like you'll catch some nice fish, but you'll be looking at a go-kart track across the road. That's like, you know, (laughs) touristy stuff. Um, but another great option. And, uh, you know, I like to go up to, you know, Decker's, Cheeseman. It's impossible to spot burn that place because everybody in the Denver area, that's like their, you know, hour drive, shoot to the South Platte. And that place is hard, you know, like it's fished hard. Um, and that's one place where I love to take out the clear line. I think it makes a big difference just because those fish get fished to so heavily. Um, I love throwing the phantom tip actually on nymph rigs and like, a really cool thing that I like to do off of that is run just like a short butt section, you know, maybe like three feet just for a little bit of depth adjustment, but you can run like a right angle rig right off like a, uh, a swivel. And the nice thing is with that 15 foot clear tip, you're not lining those fish as much. You can mend straight to your indicator, bob or whatever you want to call it, and get a nice clean drift without being worried about all these fish that have seen, you know, a million flies and fly lines all day. Um, but then like the Blue River is a great time up in like Silverthorn if you're headed up there to go skiing and stuff like that, right next to Breckenridge, another tailwater that goes right through the town. That can be pretty tricky too, but um, mice. is that shrimp.
0: last fall. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. It's tough. You know, that place sees a lot of pressure too, just because it's so easily accessible.
0: Yeah. Real narrow too yeah narrow and
3: crystal clear water there too and uh nice fish so some good sized fish oh yeah and then you got like through edwards you got the blue river and the eagle river really nice they've got some good walk and wait opportunities um i like to go up to like glenwood springs is quite the drive but if you guys are ever you know running around here looking to fish definitely go check out glenwood springs like The drive through the canyon is insanely beautiful, Mm -hmm. Um, even after the mudslide and fire they had last year, but, you know, super beautiful. The Colorado River runs right through there, and there's a little spot, um, Dot Cerro kind of town, where you can fish the Colorado River before it comes in the canyon. Not a lot of people there good walking wade opportunity, really nice fish. I hit like a couple nice 20 inch brown trout on the streamer last year in October. I was a blast just that's like rock. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Um,
3: but then through Glenwood Springs, you have the roaring fork, mm-hmm. which converges with the Colorado river and that's got a bunch of great walking wade stuff. And then the Colorado river's a blast. I definitely recommend floating the Colorado's mm-hmm. a lot more fun because you can cover a lot more water. And uh, really take in the sights.
0: That's awesome. I used to I, whenever we would go to Vale, um, we would always I'd, I'd fish the Eagle or nice. head up to Glenwood Springs. Yeah, um,
3: beautiful and yeah, nice, gorgeous big fish. Yeah,
0: yep. yep. So you, we'll uh, just
3: get like a one
2: hundred and eighty thousand dollar Mercedes Sprinter van, yeah. and you know we'll just we'll just spend the summer. That's the fishing, dream,
3: right there. Yeah. Right. no in the arkansas if you guys are in the area definitely check out the arkansas i had a great time there um i went and camped up at like twin lakes which is this beautiful spot big you know two lakes with 14ers behind them huge mountains i think it's mount albert not the best with the the 14er names
1: unfortunately Hmm. yet but uh the Arkansas. You just around.
3: sound cool by saying 14.
2: Yeah, right,
1: 14. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing that's 14,000 foot hills.
3: It sure is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. 14,000 feet elevation, but the Arkansas comes like kind of through Leadville and then down into Buena Vista, I think it is, and there's a huge stretch right there where there's a bunch of places you can pull over and walk and wade. I went with my dog over the summer and like you get away from the people a little bit like you can walk for miles and uh i just had her off leash and we were just you know hanging out crushing fish and it was a good time so those so, are my
1: tips <laughs> so trevor and dalton is when he says arkansas river is that is that our arkansas river does it does it come from colorado no i don't yeah. think so no it's a smaller river. yeah god okay so so we have a a, a major waterway, um, that actually cuts through Tulsa proper, uh, Arkansas River. Okay, and uh, actually goes all the way to the Mississippi. That's what I was. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if that one comes off the Mississippi. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, I was, I was going to be uh, super impressed. Hey, so uh- real quick, one last one last gear, Chris thing. Um, the uh, you started talking about brookies and uh, and the the narrow uh, rivers in your area. Uh, I completely neglected to talk about the precision dry. Fly line, and so, so there is a um, uh, another offering, and, I, and actually, I've I've got it paired with a, uh, a four weight uh, Moonlit glass rod. Now, um, and so actually, on that glass rod, I've, I've I've fished both that and your Trout Prototype line, okay. and both have done really well with with that rod for me. Uh, but it's it essentially looks like the Skyline Plus um but as a uh, a weight forward uh very delicate uh landing dry fly line which is uh, uh not my style of fishing yeah
2: um
1: but uh, uh but actually I, I really enjoy the line uh it does really well with the glass rod uh especially like for uh pan fish and sunfish mm-hmm. on our small creeks when we're running around urban fishing uh and so that's another offering that's out there too so um uh, Anyway, okay. Last last gear, Chris thing, dude. Uh, I have learned an absolute ton, um, and um, uh, which is fun for me because I like learning stuff because uh, I, I I nerd out on gear stuff, man. But uh, I got I've got to leave you with this because um, you're talking about these trips to uh, to the Bahamas and uh, and we talked earlier. I, I didn't get to get into it, but uh, uh, all these salt trips, uh, you guys have some just. Fantastic pictures of your lines uh, killing them on social media in the salt. Um, You got these fantastic pictures. uh, As much as I've um, uh, opposed the lines being cold water lines, uh, you know, uh, I don't know Nico, but I know pictures of Nico and then I've seen pictures of them killing these, like, you know, they've got to be like 50 inch long uh, cutties, right? (laughs) Uh, so, so they will definitely work in the cold water as much as I talk smack. Um, but, uh, um, you know, those all sound like awesome trips. Um, but my invite slash challenge to you is to go that 12 hours to, to Tulsa, Oklahoma and come float, uh, a couple of our rivers and, uh, dude name name a time that you're out traveling i mean maybe come back from some mega bahamas trip and uh uh, there's a really good chance um that we're going to put you in the raft and float down some of these rivers and put you on big smallmouth that will make you forget about the bahamas get them on striper too oh
0: Oh, it's a big striper
1: yeah we got great local striper fishing too
3: nice yeah no i would love to you're gonna regret that you offered that up to me because it'd be like two <laughs> days from now i'll be like hey chris I'm, I'm driving out i got today off i'm two days off i'm driving out
1: i I'm love ready. it Dude, come on come yes. on i won't regret it yeah, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> then yeah then i'll be there for like a week i'll say i'm sorry the fish is too crazy. sleep on the garage floor or something <laughs> well
1: just- then you'll then you'll just hear me say i hey i'm stuck with this guy from colorado i guess i'm gonna go fish again yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I will, I will dude. full on use you as an excuse, dude. We can work together that way. Though. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Dalton, Trevor, anything, any, any uh parting words or questions for Jarvis?
0: No, nah, man, I, I've learned a ton. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you hopped on. And uh, again, just listeners can't emphasize enough. If you're, if you're looking at upgrading your fly line or you're wondering you know, why, why, am, why can I not get my cast where I want it to look at what you're throwing? Look at what you've got spooled on your reel. And I can't emphasize enough how impressed I am with Monix products and uh, Jarvis. I'm so grateful for you, man, to, to fill us through kind of the, the why of it all.
3: Of course, man, like huge. Thank you to, you know, Trevor Dalton, Chris, you know, I seriously can't thank you enough for having me on here always love talking fly lines talking fly fishing you know it's what I live to do and uh can't say thank you enough for all the support as well like it really you know it, it's great to hear when people are loving the fly lines and to hear you guys talking you know how great they've worked out for you it's uh it's it's great to hear it makes us feel good and we are keep pushing forward and uh Get those cold water lines and those sinking lines dialed in
1: there you go man <laughs>
0: that's awesome man well uh jarvis we're gonna get you down here soon yeah uh, we'll definitely have you back on the podcast ag- ag- again as well we'll want to talk more about what else you got coming up and we'll Ooh. talk more fishing
3: yeah always down. <laughs> awesome, if man. you
1: figure out the burger joints dalton's talking about
3: <laughs> uh, I will, yeah we'll yeah. have google maps i'm
2: <laughs> excited <the> here <laughs> text those to me we'll, uh, yeah, we'll put them in the podcast notes for anybody yeah. listening, Boulder wants a good burger. <laughs> all right,
0: you, all right, guys. Uh, Ryan Jarvis, head of sales from Monic Fly Lines. Thanks again, man.
3: Thanks,
1: everyone. Thanks, man. I'm
0: not gonna say it. Say it. I'm not gonna say it. Say it. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> no, that's not what. That's that's <laughs> no, what, 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 what. Was your phrase,
0: to Say like that was a delight, or that was neat. No, that was neat. That was delightful. Yeah, that wasn't. That was neat that was neat that's
1: (laughs) that's what i expect to hear from trevor that that was neat
0: well now i'm self-conscious of it so stop
1: (laughs) i love it i love dude that was that was great man i uh uh it's it's fun for me when i can be nerded out gear dude and still learn something Right. And, 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 uh, poor Jarvis and Andrew and Ron have, have already fielded like 1400 questions for me. Cause, uh, yeah, from me, cause I, I won't, I, I just can't myself, um, pitch a product or, or tell somebody about a product that I don't know a ton about and, uh, um, have, have personally put hands on, um, I just, and, and I I've done it a couple of times and I've told, I mean, the, 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 if they're listening the people have, have heard me say like, dude, I have not touched this product. I, I, I think it's good. I don't know it, but, but generally speaking, I mean, I've, I have touched fished um, and know how it's made uh, most of the products on our site. And, uh, and that just makes me feel good. Um, you know, since I haven't become a millionaire yet with Creek adventures Um you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm never going to um, that. I'm, I'm, I need to stay on the uh, on the honest front and feel good about everything we're doing or I'm going to stop doing it. And so uh, but all of that said, to still get on there with Jarvis and and learn more um, is fun for me. So that was dude, that was pretty sweet.
0: It's a fountain of knowledge um, and, and just yeah. cool guy.
1: Yeah, super cool dude, and and man Andrew, they're uh, they're their, um, what do you call him? Head engineer and designer, man. He's uh, uh, he's uh, I mean he'll he'll geek out on you. It's pretty pretty awesome. And then and then Ron's a really good dude. I've talked to him several times. Um, he's donated uh, uh, lines to uh, Trot Unlimited, local Trot Unlimited initiatives and prizes, and so um, really cool all the way around, man. I I, I dig those guys. Uh, he uh, so.
2: extrudes knowledge. See what I did there.
1: Ooh, that's good. Yeah, you're very smart. I did. Yeah, I'm very yeah.
2: smart.
1: Yeah, you were. Uh, you must have been enlightened when you went to to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And, and the gummy variety or something. Um, uh, so, so we've done some fishing lately, and for the love of God, we need to talk about local fishing um, and local um gets to include um t river rogers um meaning local as in you went on a trip so uh that's not local but we but we have local fishing too so how was your trip dude
0: man it was awesome uh for for those that have never been to charleston uh you gotta go it's if you if you're just like a big fan of american history um you know, like I am, uh, it's, it's awesome. If you're, if you're a big literary nerd, also like I am, um, it, it's, it's one of those types of vacation. Also, if you're like a foodie, like culinary experience is it's really kind of, a, it's just an under, I, I don't want to say underrated, but when I think of like major culinary destinations in the United States, Charleston was not on my, on my like big radar. Now there's a few restaurants wanted to hit, but awesome experience the fishing is i will say the opportunity for fishing there is unbelievable and I, quick, I want real to quick go back. before you
1: go fishing though you on the food you were hitting like some michelin restaurants right this was yeah, baby yeah. moon and um, had, hitting some big big time
0: i had the opportunity to to dine at a couple of michelin star restaurants um which is not something that you know we get to do very often um went to two restaurants with two James Beard award-winning chefs. Um, if anybody's watched Chef's Table Barbecue on Netflix, um, got to go to one of the one of his restaurants, um, uh, Rodney Scott's. That's the first time I've ever truly had like true Carolina-style barbecue. And I'm a, I'm a convert. I got the cookbook. Um, I've read, Like literally when we got back, you know, Saturday night, Sunday, I was already on the smoker, um, smoking some Carolina-style um, chicken. I don't have a whole hog pit, so I won't be able to do that yet. <laughs> But, um, uh, I mean, just in, incredible and, and every meal, it was not like one of those places, you know, one of those vacations where you get a lot of kind of the same, like it was truly like every, every restaurant was inherently unique, uh, and, and had its own style and its own distinct menu. Um, and that goes a long way for me, but I, I, I I'm a, I'm a big guy. I like food. Um, and I like fancy food. And so it was fun.
1: Dude, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Um, the food pics that, that you sent us and that you were sharing on, on social media were fantastic. But and, and you actually, I think you put a social media post out there that, that you've, um, you know, you're way out of your league. But, dude, and, and she's not going to listen to this. So this is a, a compliment falling on deaf ears except for yours. But Sarah, smile. Oh, man. And her like pregnancy glow and just just happiness, right, uh, dude? Awesome, thanks, man. Awesome, and I mean, I just, dude, I, 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 i I almost said I'm in love with your wife. That was not going to come <laughs> out right. <laughs> Whiskey that's, Chris. that's <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Yeah yes Whiskey Chris was here but um, uh, yeah I love everybody. Uh, but no like legit dude uh her pictures were fantastic. Uh, you guys looked like you had a, an awesome time. Thanks man. And fishing aside um, and I want to hear about fishing but uh but fishing aside I mean just those, they, they made me happy. Like genuinely happy to see you guys having such a good time.
0: Well this this, this yeah. is our this is our last hurrah until little Roger's comes in July. Uh, and so we wanted to do it right. And, 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 and I mean, to her credit, uh, the, the lady that lets me get out and fish and have my expensive hobbies and travel, you know, for photography while also working a full-time job, you know, this is the trip that she deserved. Um, and and she, yeah. she's way out of my league. <laughs> so uh, that, that smile is, is just unbelievably genuine. That's who she is, man.
1: Dude, just just know that if she calls me and says i don't want to tell trevor no but i really don't want him fishing this weekend i'm gonna tell you no yeah I just 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 know that so we're all up front on the get go um she's she's gonna get my support yeah, so i want to
0: remind uh, put a reminder to uh Uh, Change your name in my phone so she can't find you. Get your number. Yeah, I I
1: also think I sent a text though that um, that that Dalton and I are going to benefit uh, from from Little Rogers coming on. uh, That we're going to send our wives to get their baby fix.
0: Yeah, oh one (laughs) hundred percent.
1: So it's like we're going to go fishing, and then by the way, they're going to go get their baby fix on and. Uh, and it's like win-win-win yeah yeah you know around Sarah takes a nap Dalton and his wives get get baby fix we all go fishing like I cannot think of a better scenario
0: yeah well this is my this is my grand my grand plan coming come to fruition this is years in the making Chris (laughs) (laughs) mad scientist only I were that smart if only I could spell the word smart Uh, honestly the I would say like And it wasn't a disappointment but like the only i think the only like disappointment from the trip was the fishing um okay and i'll i'll i I preface that by just saying i didn't catch fish and that's that has nothing to do with anybody except for the fish and myself you know okay so
1: honest honest review because i think um you know with social media especially um I think people get set expectations and, and hopefully you don't think I'm calling you out here because I think it's I think it's very important but um I think people set expectations for grandiose fishing trips but you hired a guide you did a half day guide uh for redfish right yep yep okay and you and you've got to set up um and I think you you saw a few fish. You probably could have saw a few more fish.
0: Dude, we saw, I mean, I, I, I saw 50, 60 fish. You know, oh, really? Like we saw fish. Okay. Um, Not
1: counting the dolphins, because I saw pictures of dolphins.
0: Saw, saw the dolphins. Honestly, my favorite part was like, I looked down in the boat, and and you're fishing, and this is what makes it so tough, uh, is is I, a lot of times I felt like I was fishing those really spooky you know, Colorado streams that where those, you know, those, those big, big rainbows lurk that, you know, they, they can see a mile away yeah. and you're having to sneak up on them. And, and when you're in a boat, um, you're, you're fishing literally in some of these spots. It kind of blew my mind. I thought it was in the raft for a minute. Some of these spots were legitimately like shin deep water, ankle deep water. And then you look down and there's these big reds because you're fishing with the tide, and and that's the only reason why I did a half day trip is like legitimately the tide would not permit me um, to. It, the, the guide was like, "Hey man, you're you're got you it. would be wasting your money um, because when that tide rises, you can't see the fish anymore. They get up into the into the grass, they get up into the mangroves or whatever, and um, it, it becomes unfishable." And so, got it. When you're fishing in Charleston, and 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 I'll say this like maybe it was a time of year it just might it wasn't my day the people i talked to it is amazing fishing experience um, across the board like so I, I take everything that i say that a grain of salt you are getting in a in a skiff which now also makes me that's a purchase that i want as i want to be able to get a boat you know that can get into like 6 inches of water yeah. um, like you're fishing in this little skiff that is incredibly narrow and you're in these you know, these little, these little coves, um, in this bay that are not even as wide as this room. it's not, it's not a wide room. Like you're, this is, this is, I think a 12 by 12 box that I'm in. And I would say, you know, your, your, your gaps are eight to 12 feet. Like it is, you're tight. And so you're casting into high grass, um, you don't have a ton of room for backcast. You're incredibly shallow water. And then, oh yeah, by the way, the fish can see the boat and they can see you coming and then they can see your line. And so you're pres- and oh yeah, the wind is blowing, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour. You have to be precision, at, at least maybe the guy just told me this to make me feel better about myself but you got to put that fly right in front of their nose to entice a bite. If that line goes over them too far, or if you, if you hit the wrong spot too many times, they spook. Um, and so uh, it unbelievably challenging, you know, there was only a few opportunities that I really felt like I had a legit shot at, at catching one of these fish and uh, it just didn't happen. You know, I'd, you know, you present it, you present the fly a few times, um, I, I, would have liked to maybe change flies a, a little more often. I only fish like two flies the whole day, but then again, also, what do I know? You know, uh, sure. it, it was, it, it's a really tough experience. Um, but gorgeous scenery. I mean, you get into these little, you know, these tide pools and you're in these reeds and, um, like you look down and, and I was like, holy shit, there's a stingray, like literally at my feet, you know, I'm, I'm standing up on the boat. And you know, like twelve inches beneath me is is this this really cool stingray just chilling out. And so I saw tons of fish, uh, saw some sheep's head. Um, really came came really close. Like we targeting reds, but came really close to landing a sheep's head, which would have been you know that's a trophy fish. That would have that would have been a blast.
1: Okay, sheep's head is that the one that has the human teeth?
0: It's uh, I can't remember uh, maybe it's got like, it's like the, it's almost like a zebra type or tiger type, um,
1: pattern on it,
0: okay. pattern on it, really pretty fish. And when I pointed them out, I was like, what are those? Like the guy, you know, my guide, um, Harry Tomlinson's his name, which I, I would definitely recommend. He's, you know, in the, in the rare case that Harry, if you ever listen to this podcast someday, thank you. I had a, I had a great day. Harry, um, Harry's
1: an avid listener. Harry's an
0: avid listener. He sent me a message. <laughs> uh, you know, he was just like, holy shit. I wasn't expecting, we don't, we don't usually see these this time of year. And, um, you know, got really got my blood pumping, got really excited. Um, uh, but I could tell as, as the day went on and, you know, as that tide went up, um, it, it got harder and harder to spot fish. Um, and, and it, you are sight fishing. It's not a random cast, you know, it, it's not, it's not perusing a bank. It's like, okay, we're going to come up on this. And on the other side of that oyster bed, you see them, there's like four of them. And so, you know, I mean, And these
1: are, these are, they're, they're cruising fish. Yep. In clear water. Yep. I mean, so like maybe compared to like Galveston, you're maybe looking for tailing. You may get a shadow of a fish yep. because it's a little stained, but like yep. this is legit clear.
0: Yep. And, I, okay. and I've talked to people, you know, like I, the challenges you get down there, you know, in Galveston and Corpus and stuff like it, it regardless, it's still a very, it's still a pretty challenging fish to, to target, I guess. Um, They're, they're really spooky, but down there you, you have that benefit of, you know, being in on sandbars versus, you know, these narrow, you know, marshes, Um, you know, being able to get out truly into the flats um, and, and you've got a little more room, a little more wiggle room and that stained water, you know, you can sneak up on them a little better and you can, you can make mistakes with your casts for somebody like me, who is, you know, New to throwing streamers and and still new to fly fishing across the board. Glad I worked on my double haul. Still can't do it, but I'm glad that I uh, glad that I spent some time practicing in the wind. It's tough, man. It's it's really freaking hard. And even some of the casts, you know, like I'm you're making a 20 foot cast, so it's like it's really not it's not that crazy some of the things. But there's times that he you know you'd see a fish you know 30 yards out there. Um, or not there are 30 feet out there and with that wind with the grass trying to put it in that spot I was really disappointed and bummed in myself because like those were the prime fish that I really felt like you know if I have a chance at catching a fish today it's going to be those guys because I'm not going to spook them
1: well and so and I think that's a great statement that that you know you, you hire a guide but you don't always catch fish yeah um, and that's, that's why it's called fishing. And, and uh, I was just waiting. I mean, like, like just for the listeners, we were, we were uh, uh, group texting, um, you know, and, and of course it was, you know, you're an hour ahead of us. And it's a six 30 in the morning. I've got, we've got a, a picture on our phone of the, uh, of the dock that, you know, Trevor's waiting to get picked up and, and uh a couple of pictures throughout the day. And I was just waiting for like you know, just massive bull red pictures, right? And and uh so I was I was bummed with you that it didn't happen that day. Uh talking about wanting to skiff though, um hog island. If you're listening, um we will entertain the 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 topic of a sponsorship, um if if uh if if we're talking about a full setup that includes like a 35 horse tahatsu and a and a nice set of oars and a, and, a, and a, sitting on a nice trailer so uh hog on if you're listening i think that's a versatile setup i'm a huge hog island fan um but uh i just so you know we, we will entertain a, a conversation if if you reach out to us um dude dalton we we got some some um casting practice in yeah, uh, this
2: talking last week. I'm still skunk, sore, man.
1: dude. I'm it's, we it's, got it's Tuesday
2: night. Yeah, I'm sore. Um, and you didn't let me row the whole time, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't imagine how you feel. Um, dude, I gotta thank you. Chris took me out um, on a birthday float this weekend. Um, on a what the weatherman said was going to be 12 mile an hour winds. Um, Fair. shoot, what was it like 25 straight out of the south? pushing Dude, us I, up. River. I think it was
1: 40 with gusts to 80. Oh my um, gosh. I've never seen, um, a full, like, you know, three foot waves on a river before. Uh, it was, that was ridiculous windy.
2: Yeah, it, it was rough, man. And, but so, so cheers to you for, for wanting to accommodate, um, a birthday. We didn't, we probably didn't need to be out there, but man, it was so good to be out on the river getting a little bit of sunshine, getting some casting in, um, and, and being with Mr. Ed fight, that was, that was a good day regardless,
1: you know? Dude, I think it was a great day and, and you moved some fish. Um, you yeah, know, water, we temps saw a couple.
2: Are,
1: yeah, water temps are still a little cold. Um, you know, I think, uh, we've heard from, uh, a few people, um, you know, I think, I think Jeremy guest said it to you. um, chance maxville sent me a note and essentially you know sunny and windy with cold water temps is not the time to go smallmouth fishing in northeast oklahoma but uh, but we were there and and i think through um through a couple uh, uh crayfish patterns that i'd tied up um that you were throwing on a sink tip uh, your rk craw and and then actually, uh, we tried uh, for listeners for for a couple episodes ago that conversation we had with Mr. Dave Whitlock on the uh, reverse jigging. Um, I tied up yeah. a couple. Um, I'm going to call them slider patterns, but essentially a double barrel bass bugger. Sorry, let me say this the fun way: surface seducer, double barrel bass bug popper head. I love reversed. The, uh, you know, you tie that head or you turn the head around backwards um, and, and then, you know, tie some fun stuff on it. It makes a great slider uh, pattern, but we tied that, you know, I had a couple of those that we tried. And so it floats to start with in that sinking line. Um, and we had a five inch seat tip um, line starts, starts sinking down and you give those long strips and man, it dives down. It, it looked sexy and you had, you had it some did. chases. That's that's
2: the only thing that moved fish. That's the only thing I saw chasers on. So definitely effective and and can't wait to fish it in a more conducive environment. Cause man, it it was, it was fun. It was cool to, to watch that, um, that fly just, I mean, it looked so natural. It was, it was green head with some black marabou and sparkly or whatever that material was. It just looked so natural diving. I mean, it, it looked awesome.
1: Yeah it, uh, I think that's going to be a, a killer for, for when it warms up, but we had, we had a hard time with the, uh, uh not as much the straight line winds, but the gusts of winds. Uh, and then of course the, the changing directions of the rivers, um, you know, had a hard time, uh, getting, getting it set up to where you could present any of these flies slow enough for the water temperature. And, uh, you know, I've talked to a couple people, um, uh you know uh mr ryan walker posted a picture of just a, a hoss small smallmouth he caught last month and that was on our river here um you know i think donovan was out uh a few weeks ago and uh, he had a full day float and uh, uh moved one fish and then actually caught another 5 pounder um out there and so so really we're i mean this in this water temp we're fishing for one or two fish and uh um i think i lost you guys can you hear me yeah i'm here i lost dalton or he's playing mannequin pose
0: he's 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 frozen
1: got it i well and i was sitting so still uh in my whiskey days that i thought i was frozen too so um
0: (laughs) maybe maybe that's the telltale
1: Dude, right. And maybe that means this is the end of the episode, but yeah, fishing in this cold water is, is, I mean, you're, you're talking about fishing for one or two fish, but if you catch them, they're going to be big fish. And, and unfortunately we didn't, we didn't catch them uh, on that trip and and got one hell of a workout. And, uh, um, so uh, that's what I know. Dalton, why don't you switch, man, switch to just your, uh, your iPad audio there and just stay on mute. So you don't, uh, uh, don't, don't echo uh dalton's uh fang dangly eye eye ipods i
0: think his his whole system's totally frozen
1: okay okay well so um man trevor i think um uh we're gonna get a little more fishing in this weekend you and i are i think we're gonna go chase some white bass if it's not too early and i think it's i think it's not with this warm weather this week. i I was
0: about to say you know it, it, it my My brain tells me, yeah, probably it still is, but I, it's because I'm a little bit of a pessimist when it comes to to me catching fish. Um, but my heart, it says with the warm temps that I think maybe we'll find some luck in that warm, that warm water is going to, is going to pop up just enough. Um, because this is, um, this is the most wonderful time uh i'm so excited um for this time of year so let's do it man it'll really be fun ah there's our boy
1: he's back he's back um dude i think we're i think we're gonna hit it um i hope dalton can join us i'm not sure if, if his plans this weekend are gonna fit um mr aaron a.p fletcher may join us yeah. uh, i'm not sure yet if we're gonna gonna float or wade um, but I think we ought to chase some, we're going to make a game time, game time decision where we're going to chose chase, uh, uh, white bass, uh, with clousers either waiting or floating, or do we make it a small mouth float? But, uh, I think Friday at 8 PM, we'll decide what we're doing on Saturday. So, okay. um, super fired up to, um, to do that this weekend and report back to listeners on our next episode on how that went. And uh, man, we're in some really exciting, like you said, we're in some really exciting times for uh, the rivers waking up and the white bass run and the stripers coming up chasing shad as they start growing and smallmouth coming alive and being pissed off. And um, dude, I'm just, I'm super fired up all the way around. So um,
0: T Bone Tyrone
1: t-bone tyrone those the listeners those of you all that have not heard this there are smallmouth named tyrone and they will t-bone a fly and when chris is floating down the river with one or 10 uh adult beverages um i will start calling out for t-bone tyrone and uh and it's so exciting so uh,
0: i'm ready for it man it's gonna be fun
1: Dude, I am too, man. It's, it's, we are that time of year. Um, if you guys think of if you listeners have gear questions, uh, rod, reel, line, flies, tippet, whatever it is, uh, rooftop rod carriers, trestle, riversmith, I'm plugging everything right now. Um, if you guys have questions, uh, whether you want something, need something, or just want to talk about stuff, man, reach out to us on social media uh call me the uh the phone number is at the bottom of the webpage. page um uh, tulsaflyshop.com uh we're going to have some more apparel coming up this year we're going to have some stickers coming up this year um just all the way around this is like super fired up time of the year so um next week uh we are slated to have now subject to change on a couple other deals but slated to have Mr. Philip Pearsall with P2 Fly r- Custom Fly Rods, uh, talking about uh, custom rod builds, both glass and graphite, uh, and kind of what goes into that. Everything from choosing the right cork to reel seat to butt uh, butt section to what type of guides, uh, what spacing of guides, thread wraps on guides, uh, final epoxy coats all of that right way more than i know about um but if you you ever decided you want to get into a a custom fly rod we're going to visit with with philip pearsall next week um and then uh, hopefully i think we're really getting to the season where we're gonna have a lot of conversation about local close to home fly fishing um and i'm excited to talk about that because i know talking to several listeners i've been i've been absolutely flattered (laughs) <laughs> excuse me uh, absolutely flattered uh to to hear from some of you guys uh in person and on the phone and on social media about um uh you know uh, your excitement on the podcast and frankly um um i'm quite distracted by dalton's hair on this video we've got to get these on youtube trevor
0: my, my he- chemical romance dalton this year
1: <laughs> i crapped my audio crapped out but i'm back um, and yeah, um, you did your back in full '80s grunge hair. Yeah, I thought man. I was looking at Gavin Rosdale, man.
2: Dad, leave me alone.
0: You just don't get me, Dad.
2: You
1: don't I, uh, understand Tre- my art, Trevor. We've got to, we've got to get these on YouTube, man. I know. I know it's just work. I'm sorry, but uh, teach me the buttons, and I'll do it. I'll uh, load
0: them. I uh, yeah. I'll load them.
1: Pe- people uh, um, need to see some of the behind the scenes, BTS for the record uh, is the, is the acronym that I learned from Trevor feeling cool uh, behind the scenes video that goes on some of this. Cause. Um, um,
0: look at you learning film terms.
1: Did you like that? I you did. Like that? Proud of you. For, for those of you I've not met, not met in person. Um, I sound better than I look. So I want you to know that. So I feel like I'm not deceiving you. And, in uh, the same times, I think we have just as much fun with the, uh, uh, dumb ass looks we give each
0: other we can um, we could show off what peak male performance looks like i'm i'm happy to to show off the dad bot which i've had <laughs> for like six
1: years now so i love it i love it
0: but we're <laughs> gonna right. we're
1: gonna get in some in some quality um uh quality close to home fishing feedback and input and tips and tricks um pretty quick and and trevor i think we talked today about um actually doing some Uh, some more riverside but some actual like from the raft commentary podcasts Um, yeah so hopefully add some value and then add some holy crap I just missed another fish commentary Um, and holy holy crap I just ran into the you know rock wall
0: (laughs) commentary holy crap Trevor fell off the raft
1: Trevor, Trevor fell off the raft again. Commentary, <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, okay, man, dude, take us home. Uh, unless you got something else to add, I'm, I'm just, I'm just whiskey christening it.
0: <laughs> the Greek Adventures podcast is presented by Lone Bison Fly Tables, LoneBisonFlyTables.com. Premium quality functional art. Uh, make sure you give them a follow over on Facebook and Instagram um and also the creek adventures podcast is a big supporter of oklahoma river warriors make sure you check them out over on facebook and do your best to clean your rivers and make sure that we're passing these down to the next generation so they can also just uh, also enjoy these waters so guys this is fun um yeah filling I, I, out
1: with trash right
0: yeah yeah fill your um, net with trash no, no we're uh, we're in really good time now we actually get to go fishing and and talk about more fishing um, so really excited for the next few episodes. So, Chris, Dalton, I will see you guys next week.
1: Peace, love, and chicken grease.